Hello folks and welcome to BGC Bytes. Now if you remember, in November 2023 we all went to Site Village London, which was a great event, and we devoted two shows to some recordings uh, that we had captured during the day, but we didn't manage to play all of them because we did a lot of recordings uh, on the day. So I wanted to leave the play out of some of those recordings until around this time of the year. And this is what I'm going to do. So in this little interstitial, or bite as I'm calling it, you're going to hear from Michelle Young from the Brailless Foundation and from Kate Arkell, who is from Retina UK. So sit back, enjoy and have a listen to these wonderful ladies. Hi there, my name is Michelle Young and I'm here at Site Village London volunteering for the Brailless Foundation. How's it going so far for the day? It's, uh, there's lots of people here. Yeah, it's, it's super busy. We did uh, the Birmingham site village back in July and now we're here. It's really busy and we've had lots of people engaging with the Brailless Foundation, talking to us about our beginner's braille class, our beginner's braille materials that we supply for free to anybody who would like to learn. This kind of started during COVID with uh, the Braille Foundation uh, giving uh, courses each Tuesday night. Yes, that's right. So the Braillists have been around in some form or another for almost 10 years, but in the year 2020, they got charitable status and they began registering people to do Beginner's Braille, taking their details and sending them out Beginner's Braille packs so that they could then follow along and teach themselves up to the end of Grade 1 Braille. There's also a monthly support call that everyone can choose to or not choose to engage with on Zoom. So if you need some extra help, if you want to learn about feeling dots, if you want some extra background to help you figure out how to sensitise your fingers for braille reading, the Zoom calls are ideal for that sort of thing. Are they all age groups? Yeah, really wide range. We've got sighted people, blind people who've lost their sight later. We've got blind people like me who were taught braille and then didn't use it so forgot it and needed a bit of a refresher. There's a lot of interest from rehabilitation officers and vision rehabilitation specialists who want to learn and parents who want to learn for their kids, partners who want to learn for their blind or VI other half. So it's a, a real diverse offering that we have. And do you feel that, I mean when I start, when I lost my sight first, um, I was kind of told by my mobility trainer uh, when I asked about Braille, oh, you don't want to know about Braille because everybody uses a screen reader now. I think there's kind of been a bit of a resurgence in the last few years. Would you tend to agree? I would 100% agree. Um, as somebody who was, has a congenital condition, which means I was born visually impaired and yeah. lost my sight later, I wish someone had had the foresight to teach me Braille at school because then when moving, I would have been able to continue reading instead of having this horrendous gap or having to rely on audio. Because when you rely on audio, you miss out on spelling, grammar, punctuation. You know, we, you know, they hand children, um, you know, text to speech and say, "Get on with it." But you would never say to sighted kids, you'd never say, "We're not going to teach them to read. We're just going to teach them to use a computer." And it's so important for literacy and employment and future independence that we are as skilled as possible because, you know, the employment stats are not great, and I think blind people have to do everything they possibly can. And um, even if you've lost your sight later in life and have been a print reader until you're 65, Braille is really handy for kitchen stuff and clothing and all those CDs you've got kicking around. And, yeah. you know, yeah, you can whip out your phone and do seeing AI or something, but isn't it quicker just to have a little label on it that you can read there and then? I tend to learn more from uh, if I was reading a report or a PDF document or something like that, 
it kind of tends to stay in my head a bit better when I'm reading it off Braille rather than just listening to my screen reader read it out. Absolutely. Um, I was working on quite an intensive job last year and I found myself, you know, brailing notes in Braille of stats. I'd listen to the document three times and be like, I haven't taken one word of that in. And then I'd just jot down some notes in Braille be like, right, there we go. That's what I need from that. So absolutely, I think some people are people have different learning styles and it doesn't matter whether you're blind or sighted some people just can't take in information and process it as effectively in an audible way as they can if they have some kind of tactile or some kind of connected to your visual response so um it's something that i find really quite interesting for, for people i think it's important to have the options because everyone else has options so we should too the Brailleists are doing some great stuff. Getting their charitable status in 2020 was brilliant because what it enables uh, the Brailleist Foundation to do is to produce materials like the Beginner's Braille class to host web servers and they can apply for trusts and foundations. They're able to take donations and put together all kinds of resources that previously wouldn't have been attainable for them pre-charity status. And it also means you're more recognised and we've got people from, you know, Kent to Kinross in Scotland signposting because the teaching of Braille, which was largely done by local societies, people aren't teaching it in person anymore, but people yeah. still want to learn. And this is a really good alternative for people who are able to learn this way. Well, listen, long may it continue. Thank you very much for talking to me today. today I really appreciate the time you've given me. Absolutely my pleasure. Lovely to meet you both. <laughs> You can email blindguyschat at gmail.com or tweet us at blindguyschat if you've any comments or questions. I'm here with Kate Arkell. And Kate, you're from Retina UK. Can you tell me a little bit about your organisation? Yes, so we are a national charity that's been around for around 45 years and we were founded primarily to fund research into inherited retinal conditions. So initially that was mainly focused on retinitis pigmentosa, but it's since grown very much. As people have got more and more specific diagnosis, that includes any inherited retinal dystrophy. So anything that's been passed down through a family is caused by a faulty gene and damages the retina. So it, it includes uh, RP, obviously, but also Leber congenital amaurosis, Stargardt disease, uh, Best disease, um, or, and syndromes that include retinitis pigmentosa, like Usher syndrome and Barnett-Beadle syndrome. So that covers a huge percentage of the blind and vision impaired community, I would say. It covers a very significant percentage of children, young people and the working age population who are affected by sight loss, certainly. It's a very important cause of sight loss in those age groups. So what exactly do you do to support these people? Okay, so we fund research um, and the research projects we fund tend to be quite early in the treatment development process. We're really keen to fund research projects that have a direct relevance to the development of treatments. Um, but generally the work we fund and charities in general are really important in funding early stage research. So when it's quite risky and there's lots of questions to be answered and it can still all go wrong, charities obviously don't want to make, they're not worried about profit or returns on investment. So our, our investment in that stage of research is really important. So we're looking at uh, we're looking at funding researchers who want to provide proof of principle, really, that something works, something really exciting like prime editing, which is a really special type of gene editing. Or they're looking, we've got research at the moment, looking to develop a stem cell-based therapy that's off the shelf, that's invisible to the immune system, so that it could effectively be used for anybody without the risk of rejection or inflammation or those sorts of problems. 
So we've got people looking at all sorts of things like that. Um, but we're also, I'm also really, really keen that we uh, help our community to engage directly with researchers and with the industry um, uh, that are developing treatments further down the line that are doing clinical trials. So we have a lived experience panel that people can sign up to where we tell them about any opportunities to take part in research. We work really closely with industry to help them find people to talk about their um, own experiences of a particular condition. Um, yeah, we do lots of things like that. And we also also provide lots of information about what's going on in research too. We also have a range of services. We have a helpline which is actually staffed by volunteers who are all living with these conditions so they have a really unique perspective and, and a real understanding of what people are going through. Um, we also have um, a newsletter, regular newsletters, regular email updates. We have a huge range of audio resources now so we run regular webinars on all sorts of topics like research um, and also on other things like doing your hair and your makeup but also things like access to work and issues like that uh, we have an annual conference every year where we can bring the whole community together um, but we also have local groups as well so local peer support groups which are very much just around people supporting others in a similar situation and can be just a social get-together but can also be uh, an invited speaker or a particular activity or something like that that kind of peer support thing sounds really interesting because I've seen it at work in other areas and it's, it can be so useful because it's not only kind of emotional support, it's kind of a social outlet, but it's also kind of like a shared learning. You know, somebody Absolutely. might be... Yeah, so people, particularly with our conditions, these are conditions that mostly involve progressive sight loss, which comes with its own challenges. So people have probably started their life being able to see and then are gradually losing their vision. And that comes with a series of losses, really, and ongoing grief. And people in the same situation obviously have a very good understanding of that and can really empathise. And because it's affecting younger people and people who are at work there are so many issues around that as well and how do you manage that and how, how who do you tell and who do you not tell and when are you ready to tell people and really the best people to discuss that with are others who have gone through it themselves so absolutely peer support is so important and our community really value that contact with each other. That's fantastic and I think that that kind of shared learning as well from from an emotional point of view but also from practical point of view you know how to like that you know that idea of how to put on your makeup if you're a vision impaired yeah, person absolutely. that's a absolutely and those things are they might not seem important but they are incredibly important to people and their identity and, and, and carrying on so yeah absolutely we cover all of it really and we have some amazing volunteers who are prepared to share their experiences so Kate are you throughout the whole UK yes we are a national charity so anybody uh, from anywhere can access our services and we can support them. We have some online peer support groups as well. We have a national online group so we appreciate that some people either can't get to a local group or they live too far away. We can't have a local group everywhere. So we, we've got quite a lot going on online as well. So if people want to get in touch or find your resources, what do they do? Yeah, so uh, our website is retinauk.org.uk our helpline um, is helpline at retinauk.org.uk or 0300 111 4000 on the phone um, and also uh, you can just email another email address is info at retinauk.org.uk and then we'll take it from there. That's fantastic. And if people want to volunteer for you as well, it's the same thing? Oh, yeah. Fa same um, info at uh, retinauk.org.uk is probably best. And then we'll pass you on to our lovely volunteering coordinator. Okay, thank you so much for your time. No problem at all. Lovely to talk to you.